One witch is powerful. A coven of witches is unstoppable. Want to go deeper in your craft with the support of your basic witches? Then join our coven on Patreon. We have three tantalizing tiers with ad-free episodes, shout-outs on the pod, monthly card pulls, and girl talk, where you get to connect with us one-on-two. So, are you a basic witch, boss witch, or our best witch? We can't wait to see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches, <laughs> basically. Witch, please stop subconsciously hating yourself, shooting all over yourself. And for the love of goddess, stop thinking you have to do it all on your own. This witch is haha here to help. Find me on sexandthesynchronicity.com for coaching, courses, card pulls, and deep XX exploration through erotic art. Fortune favors the bold, so be bold, be that witch, and head to sexandthesynchronicity.com. Hey witches, Leah here. You know my all-time favorite thing to talk about is manifestations, synchronicities, and going for the goals. So if you're ready to put your feminine energy in the front seat and whoa manifest some sh**, wait, are you really gonna bleep out sh**? I can't say sh**, this is my commercial. Anyway, what are you waiting for? It's can or never. Join my four-week manifestation course, buy my deck, art, and more by going to www.leahknauer.com. L-E-A-H-K-N-A-U-E-R.com. Hey, witches. Um, happy Witchy Wednesday. It's Leah Knauer. And Rachel LaForest, and we are your basic witches. And we needed to start this episode off with a breath. <laughs> yes. Because you it's will a big find one. Find out why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Rachel and I have a very frank discussion about sexual assault and trauma, um, namely Chris D'Elia and what happened with me and him. Um, and it major trigger warning. Yes. Um, go into this knowing we got your backs and we're here to share our stories so that they can hopefully validate yours and empower those of you that don't have a story to never get one, mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully, yes. of this context. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all in this together, which is, and we really hope that this episode does some good. You know? Thanks for listening. I have felt sick all day. I felt, I don't know if it was my own nerves or yours, but I felt it in my stomach multiple times. My stomach dropped throughout the day today, knowing that we were going to do this. I feel really sick. Okay, what are, what are you, is it nerves, like, for this? It's, um, yeah, like fear of, there's so many things that have been running through my brain that I'm like, oh, I want to make sure to say this and this and this. Mm. And it's just like so overwhelming because I can only speak my truth I can only say yeah. what happened to me um, and I, f- I feel split between 
I don't want to talk about him. I don't yeah. want to give it any more energy. I think he's I garbage and I want to just move on. But at the same time, it's like I feel like and because of this show, because of what we talk about, I feel a responsibility to speak about it. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I totally understand. I get like it's it's like you don't feel that you owe it to like it's not like you owe it to anyone but it's like you do have a responsibility it's like you're allowed to do whatever you want to do you were the one that was mistreated Mm -hmm. um but i totally relate that you feel like because we have a platform Mm -hmm. where we speak openly and vulnerably you kind of can't not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get that. And it's almost, I'm sure you'll relate to this too. It feels like I was handed a burden that I didn't ask for. (laughs) So relate. Mm -hmm. My God. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's how I feel about life though, Leah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) That's true. You do. (laughs) Yeah. But I get it. I get it. Yeah. So like, I'm thinking... Okay, what I was going to say before we were rolling and I saved it was just, I have a very light beer next to me in case I feel a little too, like, anxious. Mm -hmm. And I have some weed and some water. Mm -hmm. And I have um, a candle going for us that's, like, lavender. Take it easy. It's calming. Because, like I said, I could feel both of us being nervous throughout the day. And Yeah. I mean, where do we even start? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of think we could start by telling listeners what we both know we're lamenting about right now, both of our experiences of sexual misconduct Mm -hmm. and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. trigger warning, that's what this whole episode is about. Major (laughs) trigger warning. All the trigger warnings. Yeah. Like, I I agree with you. I want to talk about it all. I want to, like, I want to clarify what, what... sexual assault and misconduct I've experienced throughout life, including Mm -hmm. the attack that listeners have heard about. And it's so interesting, too, with both you and my story, like the parallels and the opposites and seeing the differences in the system and how these men are treated because of what they look like and the backgrounds they come from. Yep. Yep. Okay, so we got each other, girl. Yeah. Like this is this is hard to do, but we need to do it. And let's let's tell and I the think story it's, in, it's important too for listeners who maybe haven't experienced something like this to hear and feel the weight that survivors feel mm-hmm. whether they speak out about it or not like whether you've even told anyone about your trauma before like it is valid it's still a trauma yeah and uh, yeah um and I think we know we're speaking to almost all women I yeah. mean it's the numbers that we have, like, you know, from your um, show about consent, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> the numbers mm-hmm. they cite, like one in five women. It's like, no, I think it's actually four in five women. It has yes. to be close to five in five women. Because one in five <sighs> is just what they've gathered from the statistics of people who report it. And most of the time people don't report it because exactly. uh, there's no justice in the justice system. Truly. Truly, and we'll we'll circle back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I can start if you don't feel comfortable, or we can start with you. Um, 
I think I'll start. I think I just okay. want to tell the story of yeah. what happened with me and Chris D'Elia. Oh, bravery saying his name. Yes, queen witch. Yeah. Like, say that fucker's name. Okay. Just <laughs> spoiler alert. So everyone knows how I feel as I hate this person on behalf of Leah. So yes. yes. I'm going to be driving home the hate. Um. And also for the record, we are comedians. So like that is how we cope. So if I call yeah. him dumpster man throughout this, like that's why. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. I'm like, I feel sick, but okay. Um, <sighs> okay. So I moved here in 2011, moved to LA when I was 19. I was like, five months out of rehab so just very vulnerable I like dropped out of college um just very vulnerable went to rehab it was a whole thing um so being 19 easily impressed by any older man you know Mm-hmm. And I like was new to comedy. I was going to all the comedy shows and just infatuated with comedy. Mm. And I like tweeted at Chris because I was a fan of his. And he was like just becoming famous. I think he was like on Whitney. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted at him. And then almost immediately, he DM'd me just his email address. By the way, and a few things I want to say before I really get into the story. I know that nothing, what happened between me and him was not illegal and was not, um, you know, like I know that I was 19. So it's not, I'm not saying that he broke the law with me. What I am <sighs> saying is that my details totally match and corroborate with the younger girls stories of what happened to them and -hmm. it's important that I say this because I met him in 2011 when he was at the start of his fame so it's safe to say that after what happened with me maybe I was one of the first maybe I was one of the first hundred who knows but like Mm -hmm. he had a tactic and Mm -hmm. he used it on me and I didn't know this until back in June on June 20th which was my birthday is when it came out oh i remember that day and i can corroborate leah's story because she told me all those details years before anyone went public any of the victims who were underage and i also want to say i hate that you have to pre-defend it by saying i'm not saying he did anything illegal we'll go back to the justice injustice system again but um yeah i can validate and vouch that that all your details match exactly Mm -hmm. and and up until then for those eight years in my mind it was just a weird night that happened and I would tell you and like Adele Dazim about like oh this weird night that I met Crystalia and he was so fucking creepy but then it's just like I didn't have any other evidence that this was a thing he did so it was just another weird night with a man like Uh add it to the list you know Uh anyway (sighs) Yeah, I hate that I have to pre-defend it too, but it's because yeah. I got all the hate on Twitter after I came forward about this. So I've already for being, read for being nineteen. Yeah, yeah. When the cutoff is or the cutoff for legality is eighteen, right? Like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Also, I can feel like your throat energy it gets tighter, right? Like yes. as you talk about it. Yeah, I have yes. the same thing when I talk about my assaults, and I just want to validate for you, like you're pushing through something that's really hard to do yeah and you're doing great 
and I, I haven't told this story in full like maybe ever yeah only like little details at a time um yeah thank you uh so so okay so he sent me his email right and then that started like two months of us texting so in my head I was like not dating this person but like talking to this person and like thought it was cool that oh my gosh I'm texting a Crystalia and so I flirted back and I like hate that now I know I can't change it but it's like ugh, I was just a pawn in his little fucking gross scheme so we're texting I, I don't recall if he ever asked about my age I don't know okay um there was all almost all of his messages were extremely sexual and one of my responses back was even like you don't you sure don't beat around the bush haha oh it's like 28 year old leah would know you know like this red flag but we unfortunately get thrown in the gauntlet to learn this shit we're not taught this and there's a reason he didn't go after 28 year old women (laughs) right exactly master manipulator yep using his fame and and also I remember thinking like because I was new to LA uh, like I remember thinking oh like he wouldn't do anything wrong because he's famous like famous people don't kill people or rape people because their identity is attached to it but that's obviously not true and we know that right now we know that (laughs) yeah but I totally get how you would have seen that as a young person yeah so then his his emails were really sexual from very very sexual Um, I came to one of his shows once and we like he knew that I was there and we were texting about it and then um, he told me to like come upstairs and make out with him and um, okay then oh and then another time he was like send me a cute pic and I sent him a Mm -hmm. picture of a puppy. (laughs) I remember this because wasn't there another victim who did something really similar? Yes. She sent him like a panda or something. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so exactly. funny. Great minds think alike. Yeah, exactly. But like clearly that goes to show both my uncomfortability and that girl's uncomfortability trying to deflect with humor. Mm-hmm. So there's like so many thoughts in my head. It's hard to like I, organize yeah. them. Yep. There's actually a term for it from trauma. It's called aphasia when you can't form the words to speak about the trauma it's like literally hard it's physically Mm. hard for the brain to do Mm. yeah um okay so the the craziest night that that was the most traumatic for all of this was when we actually physically met (sighs) Mm -hmm. and I still remember the address to this very day it's like the only address in LA that I like (laughs) I wish we could blast it (laughs) I know I don't live there anymore damn it but like the LA times when I talked to them like she confirmed the address not that I need to prove Mm. it but it's just like I fucking was there you know I was there Uh and in in dumpster man's first statement (laughs) he said I have never met or or I have never met up with or exchanged videos with any of the women who have tweeted about me which okay there's two (sighs) sides of that either He's lying or he didn't see mine, see my tweet, 
to be able to say like there's no proof of how no. many tweets he saw you know but like regardless he's lying mm, because he's lying because yeah. i met with, up with him and i know that and we know you're not the only one right <laughs> right oh yeah i 100 percent believe all of the stories about him because i experienced it mm-hmm. um so i pull up to his place it was probably like 10 p.m and like I wish I could take a picture in my mind of his place and, like, bottle up the feeling of, like, the smells in there and just, like, I remember it all. Like, I'm, mm. like, I'm physically there in my mind right now. Mm. And it's just so weird how your brain can, like, remember all the little details. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Was there a feeling to the place? An overall Dirty. vibe? Dirty. Oh, okay. Just, like, it felt... <sighs> Even though he was successful, it felt, like, unkempt and just, like, gross. Mm. His carpet was really dirty. He had, like, a banner above his couch that said comedy, which was so fucking lame. Oh. Um, it was just, like, yeah, nasty. Um, that's not, not that's not the important part of the story. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to paint the picture. <laughs> totally, totally. He had these two, like, yippy dogs barking. Um, I was probably there, no joke, 30 minutes max. Um, within the first, like, five minutes, you know, he, like, notoriously doesn't drink or smoke. Um, and I'll, I'll, t- I'll get to that later. But so I'm sitting there within the first, like, ten minutes, I told him, like, just because he was so sexual towards me, like, in text and stuff. I, in the first ten minutes, I told him that I was a virgin almost as a way to, like, be like, okay, don't. Clear the air. Like, yeah. And what he said back, like, I'll never be able to forget. He oh, it was just so gross. Um, he was like, so if we were to have sex, it would hurt you, right? Oh, oh. I, I've heard, I know the story, but it still hurts to hear that. It was terrifying to hear that. Yeah, and that's in so my, predatory. Yes, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get raped. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in danger. And I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so scary. That cold, Did you have, like, a cold sweat feeling? Like, yes. Adrenaline yes, shock? Yes. Yeah. And then um, he started, this is the weird part why I brought up the drugs. He started then to like slur his words and he was like getting dizzy and he was like, I feel weird. Did you drug me? I was like, no, I didn't fucking drug you. What? And then he was like, yeah, I had a friend at the comedy store give me a pill and I don't know what it was. And now I feel weird. Did you drug me? I'm like, no, you just fucking told me you took a pill from someone at the comedy store. I, that that detail I've never understood because he says that he doesn't drink or do drugs. I don't know if that was like one night in his life that he didn't. Or, or if did, he secretly mean, does it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But. I mean, clearly he has an addictive personality. Clearly he has issues that he says he's working on now. Um, also, his general like vibe. I remember he was mad at me for not understanding his call box. Um, his just overall vibe was so like angry at me from the get-go where it's like this is our first fucking time meeting and why do you think he does that to put you in a position of owing him (sighs) well i'm mad at you so you should be apologetic in nature towards me you should do what i want wow yeah 
So after he said the, if I have sex with you, it'll hurt you, I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, I have to go. Um, And we like made out between this time. Like, I don't remember exactly the order of it all, but it's like, I, I got myself out of there and I'm glad that I did. And that night just like, always stuck with me and it Mm -hmm. didn't make sense until eight nine years later now when I know why that was such a weird fucking night and I had to see him all the fucking time at the Mm. comedy store at the improv at Mike's at wherever like and he almost always had a different girl with him and he had a reputation amongst comics and I know this that he would always have a new girl with him. Maybe they didn't know that they were underage or how he was meeting them, but he is a sexual predator. A hundred percent. And he's lying about, like, if these 17-year-old girls are saying, there was a girl who said that she lost her virginity to him and she sent him videos and pictures, like, that's child porn. Mm -hmm. And that's federally, like, you can't exchange it. That's... He needs to be a registered sex offender. It's great oh, that yeah. he admitted to being a sex addict, and I'm glad for his sake and for his wife's sake that he's doing the work, but there's more fucking work for him to be done. Watching his, quote, apology video, I don't mm-hmm. even know if people are I calling was... it that. Yeah. As one of the women that like came forward about him, that quote apology did not feel like it was for me it or uh, the other women it felt like it was for his fans that he disappointed and his friends that were like defending him but he was in the wrong oh yeah and i hope no one's calling it an apology video because there was nothing apologetic in it zero i didn't ever hear him give remorse except for his own hardship of being a sex addict Mm. Uh, like i i was so famous and sex was just so easy because i could like yeah manipulate women easily i feel like the sex addict thing is a cop-out i i Uh, he is a sex addict but like it's more than that he can't just Mm. say i'm a sex addict i never did anything wrong And what's really, really fucking frustrating is now after his eight or nine, ten, whatever months of not being active on social media, now he's just like back like nothing happened. And I and I'm reading comments that are like, the king is back. It's like, no, the king fucking like is a sexual predator. Your king is not a fucking king. Yeah. Fuck. That's so disheartening to see that. And and for him to act like going back to the. I think he called his video, It's Been a While. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. barf. It's been it's a while. It's been a while. And I've been waiting every fucking day since my birthday, June 20th, to hear what you have to say about this. Uh-huh. I've been waiting and watching, and I know I'm not the only one. And like we were saying with women reporting sexual assault, it's like only X amount of women have come forward about him. That means there's more that mm-hmm. haven't. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, unfortunately, there's women in situations where they can't or can't yet come Mm -hmm. forward it's like just like with the child pornography case it was many months between that case being brought to legislation and the first people coming forward like we don't even know yeah this could be the tip of the iceberg and we know we know that it's never just one obviously and the Mm -hmm. fact that he's trying to say it's zero 
Mm-hmm. And that we should feel bad for him. His It's Been a While video was extreme gaslighting. Yeah. It was, it, it was insane. Like, I watched it alone, and I kept, like, looking around, like, do you guys see this? Mm-hmm. Like, does anyone see this, how insane this is? That he had a tone throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing of, uh, like, even what, regardless of the words he said, his tone was, oh, man, life's really hard for me. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. lying about me. You know, I'm a victim. Like, that was the through line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only watched it once and I feel like I blacked out. So it's like kind of hard for me to remember. But I know that I wasn't satisfied with it. Yeah, I wouldn't be either if I was you. I'm not satisfied for all the women this has affected. Yeah. Like extreme. I'm enraged by his video. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for the young girls. And I'll say girls because that's what they were. Yeah, Mm -hmm. The girls and the young women that first came out about this because I remember when when hashtag me too hit I was literally waiting for it to drop about Crystal. I was like there's no way that he's like innocent in all this and then his I don't know why but his story came late but I'm glad that it did yeah <laughs> I'm yeah I appreciate those women and young girls who mm-hmm. stepped forward it's like it's so dangerous that Clearly, this master manipulator, sexual predator can have the platform to like use YouTube again yeah. to say whatever he wants to say unchecked yeah. and that that just gets to go out there. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, at the same time, we get to say whatever we want on this podcast and that gets to go out there, which is why back to like feeling like we have to because yeah. they're fucking getting away with that. So we have to be over here telling the truth and uh-huh. correcting them. And when I was feeling anxious about recording this, I had to keep reminding myself like I am protected to speak my truth the same way that he can and why does he get to (laughs) yeah yeah oh (sighs) wow thank you so much for sharing that and all those details that are hard to relive Mm -hmm. hey witches um i'm so happy to be able to share in this episode how far i've come with the help of therapy in my healing journey. And that's why we're so happy to be partnered with BetterHelp. They are fully licensed professional therapists all online. Mm-hmm. There is no better spot than BetterHelp for affordable online therapy. They are the best at it and you can talk to a licensed therapist within hours from wherever you are um, so if you want to save 10% off of your first month you can use our code basic witches we hope that again helps you guys that's out basic and witches you know to how get important therapy is to us and we wish it for all of, of you therapy with so BetterHelp. we're really glad to give you that discount again that's basic witches at betterhelp.com Better H-E-L-P.com slash basic witches. Now back to the show. Do you want to get into yours how you see it because of what happened to you? Yeah, oh my gosh, my heart is pounding. It's like probably because I could feel that like <laughs> that it might start to shift over to me. My heart started yeah. racing more. Yeah. Um well, I got you. Oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> Pass the baton. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> sad sad baton (laughs) 
at least our baton is a magic wand. Yeah, like, super sparkly. Can do, yeah, it has it has glitter. Um, well, um, yeah. Just to speak to PTSD, it's fucking real because I'm sweating and my heart rate is through the roof, and it's like, you know, you were feeling symptoms of that too when you were speaking. It's just so fucking real how our brain can remember and make our body react in a similar way. Um, though I've come really, really far on it. Um, but like the part that feels the most overlap to me is the fact that you were alone with a sexual predator who had some sort of a pow- like a advantage over you in the situation. In your case, it was because it was his house. It's like you could have easily been trapped there. You don't know it. In my case, it was that he surprised me in my own room. So, like, I had the home advantage, I guess, but I was caught off guard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But what we both felt was that we were going to be raped. And unsafe in our own bodies. Yeah. And that was the cognition in my head was I'm going to be raped and killed. That's what my brain processed in the moments of being alone in the room with my attacker because that's what was written out for me was going to happen. And um, I guess like I'll walk through, I don't know how gory I want to get with the details, but like, um, yeah, like... I guess I do kind of want to give some of the details because then I want to shift to the times I've been assaulted by people that I know. Uh, In both of these stories, it's more, it's actually way more rare because they were people we didn't know. Um, And in my attack, it was a complete stranger I didn't know. So I guess like what I want to say is I wasn't raped. I was trapped in my room and I was going to be raped. He had written out a note and left out instructions, head to toe lingerie for me to put on to be raped in or else. Um, So a threat letter. And I didn't, I discovered that then discovered him because he was hiding under my bed, like an actual monster. And I was trapped and frozen in shock in my room in the corner with him naked and masked before COVID was a thing. He had he had like a mask around everything except his eyes. I feel kind of bad that this is like so scary for listeners, but I'm just going to keep going. Um, Sorry if like this is triggering. I I feel really bad if this is triggering. You don't have to apologize because it happened to you, but I totally understand. Okay. Yeah. We did (laughs) a trigger warning. I want to hear that. No, I know. We did a trigger (laughs) warning at the beginning. Okay. Okay. We're covered. (laughs) Um, So he had like used a shirt to make a mask around everything except his eyes. And then his whole body was naked and he was jacking off and getting off on my fear that he was going to rape me. And, um, like, I can't remember exactly what the exchange was, but somehow so angry every time I like hear this story (sighs) or even just think about, yeah, for you. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because I actually don't feel emotion when I tell it now, which means I've mostly healed the trauma in the brain level, but my body still gets the heart rate and the nerves. Um, but thank you for that. Cause I... It's very valid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
So somehow in the exchange, I convinced him that I would put on the clothes, but I needed a second because I just got home from an all-day event. I don't, I don't think I gave him that many details, but I was like, "Thank you, improv." You know, I, seriously, thank you, improv. I, I yes anded him. Like I was like, "Yes, okay, you're gonna rate me, but I'm gonna need a second to get ready first. And I basically pivoted instead of going into the bathroom to put the clothes on. I ran out the door and started the process of calling nine one one, which took. Three times because the funding that goes to police and medical is imbalanced and we don't Mm -hmm. have enough 911 workers. We have too many police. Um, But anyways, I got put on hold while I was running for my life from this guy barefoot, which is how I sustained most of the injuries was in getting away. Um, Like I hurt my back and my foot and my throat from just the physical reaction of all of it. Um, And... I couldn't get through to 911 um, for three tries. And in between the second and third, like, because I was on hold for 25 seconds the first time and 45 seconds the second time, something like that, which when you're running for your life is like way too long. And I still wasn't safe. I was still banging on neighbors' doors down the street because no one was home and I was alone. a horror movie. Yeah, it was like a really condensed fucking horror movie. And then... You know, eventually I got uh, in between the second and third 911 calls. I called my partner who I had recently hung up on. Like uh, we had recently had a conversation before the attack happened. So I knew like maybe he'd be by his phone. Um, And he was and he came then on the then after he started coming to me, I got into a neighbor's house. Then I got through to 911. And then we'll we'll just summarize the rest by saying like he my attacker got away um but about eight hours later he was apprehended and I positively ID'd him and the rest you can read about in the book it was a lot of craziness between then and him getting arrested (laughs) Leah was there for a lot of it um but yeah you can read that later um and the cops so racially profiled the wrong guy oh yeah early on in the search because they had like the dogs and the helicopters searching for him when he fled, but they thought they found him. And I went to positive, I went to ID the guy and it was completely not him. Didn't look anything like the description I gave, except that it was another Hispanic person. And I felt so bad for that guy that was just trying to live his day and he gets temporarily arrested so I can drive by and look at him and it's like, ew, this, ew, ew, ew. That was, that was like so disgusting and completely felt racist. Um, Cause seriously, he had none of the same height or build or haircut mm. or clothes. Wow. And those were all details I gave him because when my, when I saw my attacker run by later in the part of the story you didn't hear, he had clothes on at that point. And so I gave a really full detailed description of him. Um, And then let's draw it back to the injustice system, because how lucky of a victim am I that my attacker gets caught the same day? That's so rare. I'm very lucky that the case was processed relatively quickly. The trial happened within a year um, of the assault. That's really rare. But like the main thing that's not lucky and that's just straight up racist is that like this swift justice was only applied in that way because this guy was poor and brown. Like, 
what there's no swift justice happening to Crystalia. There's no there's there's serious allegations. There's serious like evidence being brought forth and where's the swift justice there? No, because he's sitting pretty because he's white and rich. Yep. Oh, and this he's a new father. Homeless. Be nice to him. He's a new father. But while my attacker is guilty, it's like that was sarcasm, shows... by the way, for anyone listening who wasn't sure. <laughs> oh, I got it. Okay. <laughs> um, geez, I hope everyone listening got that. Um, <laughs> like, he, yes, he's guilty, my attacker. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this probably already know how I stand, which is that I do empathize with my attacker. Um, because I see it as multiple systems failed him. Systems failed him to lead to him failing me. You know, he was hurt in all these systemic ways to lead to him hurting me and the other victims that he hurt before me. Um, because in my case, too, it wasn't just one, of course. No, it, it never is. a string of victims. Yes, the is. more they get away with it. Like, I, I think about The more how, they escalate. Yes, exactly. And uh, uh, to bring it back to Dalia in his second video, he says, like, you know, what was going to happen was this. This is what was supposed to happen. It's like, yeah, no, no, no. He's saying, like, he eventually was going to get caught. That's how bad his addiction was. And oh, it needed to happen I this see. way okay. for him to learn the lesson. And it's like... Yeah, exactly. So it got really fucking bad. What would have happened had these girls not come out? Mm-hmm. What? He would have just like, kept doing it and get worse. And does it get more violent? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just... And this is why sexual assault victims always feel just so disheartened by the support. The fact that I even feel, like, scared about releasing this when it's just my mm. truth but i have to feel right i have to feel guilty for what the the actions that that man did how about he takes right. responsibility for it and what what was totally missing from the apology video was any attempt to speak to his fans like hey i saw you were harassing the victims online like stop doing that <gasps> stop defending me because what i did was wrong there was no mention of that and it's just like he's just gonna it feels like as I'm sitting by and watching it feels like he's just gonna get away with it because he's rich and white and attractive Mm. and tall so it's just he fits the exact cookie cutter Mm. of what America sees as like oh let's give him a second chance good man Mm mm-hmm I so hope not I so hope that some justice comes like but I it's valid that you don't feel like it will because it's an injustice mm-hmm. system. It's not just. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. It's not equal. It's 100% not yeah. equal. It's like yeah. this This came up for me a lot in trying to heal from this trauma because like trauma uproots whatever was already there. Mm-hmm. So this assault where I actually was able to say no, fight for my life and get out, brought up the times when I didn't in all these past relationships where I essentially consented to rape. (laughs) I essentially gave in to ultimatums in a relationship Mm -hmm. dynamic with a partner I knew for many years because 
I wasn't empowered that I could say no in that situation. And those people walk free and go on and get engaged to other people Mm. while the guy who, Mm. yes, assaulted me, but didn't physically hurt me as bad as people I know and said I loved goes to jail for 10 plus years. Mm. And I know what happened to me in my past relationships is far more common than what happened to me in the attack. Mm. And that's the whole, like, Mm. that's what's so fucked up in my mind. Like, that the most common thing is that they get away with it. And that they do it to people they know. Like, so many things to say. I relate to so much of what you said. I think a lot of people will. Yep. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? It'll come back to you. Too many thoughts. Yeah. I, I, yep, aphasia. Um, (laughs) So get it. It was uh, engaged people. They get to walk away. They get to walk away. They get away with it. Dang, I don't don't remember. But this guy, I feel like it was around when I was saying, like, somebody I said I loved put me in an ultimatum and. Oh, physically, sexually hurt me really bad. To what I I, know, yes, I I remember. To what I was saying at the beginning of this, where it was like I feel like a responsibility to to speak about Mm -hmm. this, is because I've also been reflecting on like my younger self, and I'm just Mm. like I have learned too much in the past eight years about myself and about society, and like what I stand for and I just feel like I owe it to that girl that walked out of that room that younger version of me that walked out on him like eight years ago that like I wish I could just give her a hug and be like you were right to think that that was a weird night in that that was there was something wrong going on Mm -hmm. and that something really bad was he was trying to make something really bad happen Mm mm-hmm uh, there's a quote, because yeah. I just fucking love Allie Reisman so much. Um, she's one of the people, the gymnasts that came forward about Larry Nasser, that big mm-hmm. sexual assault case. Mm-hmm. And she said something like, um, the little girls that you assault grow up to be women. And you can't, like, take their voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's just been really inspiring me lately. Yeah. I love that. For me, looking back to the younger versions of myself that did that in relationships, um, I wish I could also give her a hug. And sometimes I do picture doing that. Um, And I wish that I could, like, basically what it comes down to is I wish I could have made her self-esteem more so that she was empowered with no but my self-esteem was so low and had been beaten down so much as just being a woman <laughs> that I just gave away my worth. Like, I just gave it away. I wish I could tell her, like, you don't have to. You can say no. Because seriously, in the main situation I'm talking about, which you know what it is, this this incident that hurt really bad physically, um, that I would call rape, except I said, okay. I said the words, okay, so it can never be called rape, but it felt like rape. I literally, literally did not know or feel that I could say no. 
Like it wasn't even an option. And I was so brainwashed and so low self-esteem and not empowered that I thought I had to say okay or else I risked losing everything. My whole relationship, my whole eight years of my life I'd built because that was that was the sense of the ultimatum. So I said, okay. And then I went and got, quote, because I can't really call it that, but raped. And um, I had a yeast infection at the time. So I knew walking into it how painful it was going to be, how so painful it was going to be. So I left my body. I completely disassociated. I see the whole rest of the memory from the bird's eye view. But I know how physically bad it hurt. And it was like, it, I, it was the same as you where I was like, something really weird just happened. Something really, and my sister was there not far away. And when I saw her after, she said she thought I had been raped. And she used to work at a rape crisis center. And she said, she said when she found out later, like months later, she was like, I intuitively knew something really bad had just happened. And I felt like you had been raped. Whoa. But she yeah. didn't say Angie, anything at the former time. guest. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. But she didn't say anything because I didn't say because I didn't know. I was like, uh-huh. I just played it off. You know, I played it off and saved him, you know, mm-hmm. saved his reputation. Mm-hmm. And as we do. And yeah. And even when I, you know why I'm okay talking about this? Because I gave that person every chance. I reached out after months and months of therapy. I tried to start a discussion about it and it was a closed door. So fuck you. I'm going to talk about it so it doesn't happen to other women. If you're in a relationship, the person still needs to get consent in a non-pressured situation. It should never yes. be pressured like that. Yes. That's called sexual coercion. <sighs> Okay, wow, didn't even remember to mention. Um, Chris plays a pedophile not once, not twice, but I believe three times, at least twice, um, in shows, and specifically you. I loved that show, Mm -hmm. and I was home in Pennsylvania with my brother watching season two when Henderson pops on screen and it's obviously Crystalia. And I know now that I was not the only girl that was triggered as fuck watching that. Because again, in my head, it was, I only knew about what happened with me, but I'm like, wow, he's playing this like pretty convincingly and how he was with me, like manipulative, gets on your good side, says what you want to hear. And then just like, it was all for his ulterior motive of being a sexual fucking predator. Why do you think he played that part so and, well? And wasn't there even like weird drugs involved? Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. similar to the experience uh-huh. you had with him. Like, and I never told my brother oh, as I was my. watching with him. Like, right. I don't know who in my family knows. Whoa. I know I told my dad, but he I didn't take it seriously. Like, uh that's so sad to hear. Um, that's so crazy because I was at the point in my healing and doing EMDR wh- where I could actually like semi handle watching the second season of you. And it almost became like I kind of had to for my healing because it was so like watching my attacker who broke into my room and moved shit around. Oh my God, that's another detail I forgot to 
say. He like cleaned my bathroom, rearranged my shit, put things in these weird piles, like organized things differently in my room, in my space, like, and was possibly stalking me before to know to go into my room. Like, we don't know that, but yeah. So watching the show you was also second season super triggering for me. <laughs> because like, that's so yeah. crazy, dude. It was good. That's it was just weird. triggering. It was really <laughs> I know. It was like, that's why I said, it was like I had to. It was like a yeah. compulsion for me to watch it. I don't know if it was healthy or not, but like I had yeah. to. Um. Because I was like, this is what happened. Yeah. I remember even texting you, like, maybe you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I waited until I was, like, Ready. capable. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I totally forgot to mention, um, I, like, when I came forward via Twitter about what happened with me and Dumpster Dude, um, See someone quote someone from CAA texted me and said that they wanted more information so that they could drop Chris and I was texting back and forth with the LA Times woman and she confirmed that that was not a number from CAA there was not an Aaron or whatever it was at CAA and mm-hmm. to this day I still don't know if that was Chris harassing me, if that was one of Chris's friends trying to get more information, if it was just an innocent fan, like trying to clearly not innocent, you know what I mean? Like a fan trying to get more info. I don't know who it was, but like, it was scary. And that's the, that's, this is why victims don't come forward is because you feel vulnerable and like society won't believe you or they'll punish you for just speaking your truth about something that happened to you Mm -hmm. or they'll praise a sexual predator as a king yeah Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. front of you and all the other Mm -hmm. victims like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I remember those texts because you showed me and like the tone was really harsh I remember they were like defensive and the tone was harsh to you. Like, you need to tell us stuff. You need to tell us details, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But I played nice the whole time to, to get more information. And, and they thought to that try was to figure stupid. Out who it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, improv. Don't fuck with these witches. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Improv does yes. save lives. <laughs> Yikes. <Yeah. laughs> so, what do you, what do you think is like, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap it up with a bow, but okay. is there a fucking pretty I, bow? No bow? Is there a bow? I think <laughs> there's not no a bow. bow. Fuck. If there is a bow, it just continues to unravel because <laughs> no. Fuck. But I think we could definitely talk about empathy because mm-hmm. here's my cutoff for empathy. Basically, you just have to admit that you did wrong. And then I can empathize with you. My attacker pled guilty. Like, he said what he did wrong. Mm. And I have a ton of empathy for him, as I explained before. Whereas the past people who have hurt me, ignored, like Chris D'Elia. And either said they did nothing wrong or ignored it and stayed quiet. Mm -hmm. Try to get away with it. So it's way... Yeah. So it's like, I 
could have all the empathy for you if you all you have to do is one thing and that's that's shame like that's shame you know that what they're feeling on whose side what what they're feeling that's Mm, why they can't even admit it to themselves they can't admit it to themselves and that makes me pity them Mm, Um, so you do have empathy for even the ones that don't say they did it yeah yeah, because I, them, that's a I, form of empathy. I, I even do have empathy for Chris, and I sent him an email telling him exactly how I felt. And I do have empathy for him because clearly there was like he's a little messed up if he's if this is how he treated sex and treated women. Something must have happened to him, or right? Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak for him, but I hope that um, he grows and learns and does better and treats his fucking son to do better yeah I think that a crucial part of that is admitting and Mm -hmm. for me it's like until they do that it's really hard for me to empathize it's like I can see why I would empathize with you for you Mm -hmm. you just have to earn it just a little (laughs) So yeah. one little, because yeah. like, yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't know if my empathy is completely free. It costs a, okay. just a tiny, just a couple, just a cent. It's a, it's a <laughs> process. And you never, you also never know, it could come when you least expect it. Yeah. It's like, like things can change fast. Yeah. It's like I I have it, but I'm not going to actively use it for your benefit. Whereas like for my attacker, I actively use my empathy for his benefit. I mm. advocated for him to get sent to the prison that had mental health services. But like I'm not going to go out of my way to help Chris D'Elia un- until or unless he admits that he did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I can't. I I mean, in order for us to, like, grow as a society, we do need people to take accountability and be honest about things they've done wrong and then grow. That's how it changes, by just, like, hiding in the shadow and acting like a a little puppy that's, like, sorry you got caught. That doesn't help anyone. That doesn't grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that doesn't advance anything. And we also need a society that... um, offers help to everyone yes not just rich white people and not just people who are already doing okay it's like we do have to help the ones who are off the track you know yeah like try to get them back on right otherwise things like sexual assault could have been avoided right Right. It's like, it's all related, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's hard to dissect them individually. I want a future where sexual assault doesn't happen. I know that's, Mm. like, maybe that's too absolute or impossible, but I want at least a future where people feel more comfortable coming forward because they're taken care of when they do. Mm. Mm. At least that. Do you hear my cat? I talking? also want restorative justice. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. What? What is? What does your cat want? He's, I don't know. I think he he hears us and he's like agreeing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, amen. Yes. <laughs> Power to the pussy. Um. 
Yeah, I want... I want restorative justice where, mm. like, it's it's more about rehabilitation and healing and less about just punishment. punishment. Yep. I think that'd be so awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel, like, a little better. Do you? <laughs> I'm, like, trying to think if I covered everything that I wanted to say. Mm. I know that feeling. Um, okay, yeah, there's... I just, I feel like this is maybe going to be passed around amongst comedians, and I think it's... I want to say that, like, if if you are taking the side of, of a rapist, of a sexual predator, and blindly supporting him, people see that. The victims see that. Same when you, like, make jokes about and this is not to comedians, this is to everyone, but when you make jokes about sexual assault and rape and just trivialize these things, like there are victims almost always around you and they're listening and they (sighs) see that you are not a person that they will ever come to when they feel, when they go through this. Yes, they will not trust you to have their back. And it hurts to like see that. Mm-hmm. I hope those people can change. And I think a really good example was set in that movie Moxie. Oh my god, I loved that, that movie. We both so just watched. Much. <sighs> I cried. Me too. Me too. Thank you to the listener who told us to watch that. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good example of an ally in that movie, and it's like <laughs> not a big deal guys it it is possible (laughs) like it it can be easy yeah yeah just just treat us with respect yeah just don't harm anyone have our backs just have our backs yeah Mm -hmm. listen to us believe yeah believe us when we say things Mm -hmm. (sighs) should we do a basic blessing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> or pull a card. Yeah, I should actually, we pull a card? I actually have my mantras. Okay, let's pull a mantra. Okay. What do we need? What do we need? In this revolution. Mm. Oh my god, yes. I was hearing voice and sex. Voice and sex. Oh. The link, the link. We're talking it, about it. Said I think positive thoughts. Mm. Okay. okay. Focusing on the hope, I think, and the growth yeah. and the change and the positive. And thanking the allies that already exist and encouraging yeah. them to set an example for their guy friends and etc. Mm. Yeah, because we do gotta stay yeah. positive throughout this fucking life (laughs) i know i know i know unpredictable you never know Uh, oh are you kidding me that (laughs) might be the main thing i learned (laughs) (laughs) expect the unexpected Mm -hmm. and in this case yeah thinking about that in a really positive way of like 
what amazing progress could be made next. Yeah. Positive thoughts. Yeah. Which will be my basic blessing. I'm grateful for everyone who has ever shown me an example of speaking the truth. Like you, Ali Reisman, Chanel Miller, Evan Rachel Wood. I mean, so many mm. amazing, strong, powerful people have come forward. And yes. I'm just very grateful. Mm. I love that basic blessing. <sighs> Nothing basic about that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I have to piggyback. I'm grateful specifically for support groups of women. I'm thinking of Adele Dazeem, which is how we met, and how that having a supportive group of women around me changed everything. Full stop. And oh, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for that. Yes. And this coven. (laughs) Yes. This little coven too. Full of so many amazing people of all types. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I do feel better. Okay. Good. (laughs) It's probably going to be a process. Yeah. Because you just shared really vulnerably and... I know. You're still processing all of it. I get that. Trauma has no timeline. So even though the original incident was years ago for you, Mm -hmm. it's being brought to the surface and trauma has no timeline. Yep. Especially each time there's like a new headline in the news about him or the case. And it's like, well, gotta go. Mm -hmm. That's what sparked this recording in the first place was because he had had that video where he... (gasps) denied it like a second time basically right right so i'm like fine then i'm gonna speak my truth of what happened and and everyone else can interpret it however they want but like i i believe every story i've read about him because you lived one i lived it yeah (laughs) yep I love you, witch. I'm proud of us. Yeah, it's not easy. We did it. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm still scared. I'm still kind of like, I don't know, should we release this? But Oh, what's what's happening? We got this. Fuck the patriarchy.